they're able in respect and reverence for the Word of God. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 13 tonight. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. We want to read one verse of Scripture tonight. Matthew 13 and verse number 3. And there the Bible says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the truth of your word. Lord, we ask as we look to your word that you would come, stand beside us, touch us, minister in hearts and lives, have your way around the altar, and Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In this portion of Scripture, it talks about a sower that went out to sow seed. Now, the sower is any individual that has the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. And the sower goes forth to sow. Now, if this were written in today's English, it would say, the sower went out to sow. He looked over here, and he saw this ground over here. It's wayside ground. There's no sense in sowing seed there, because that wayside ground, the birds, the fowls of the air are going to come and eat that seed. No sense putting seed there. He'd look over here and say, oh, that ground, that's stony ground. I have enough sense to recognize that that stony ground, if the seed goes in it, it's going to spring up, but it's not going to have root. And when the sun comes, it's going to dry and die. This soil over here, look at all the weeds. If I sow seed there among those thorns, the seed will spring up, but the life will be choked out of it by the thorns. Ah, but this is good ground. And I'll sow seed there because it's good ground. But that's not the way the parable reads. The parable says that the sower went forth to sow. Some of the seed fell by the wayside, some fell among thorns, some fell on stony ground, and some fell on good ground. The job of the sower was to sow. Now in the natural, you and I can see soil. But the soil in the story is the heart. And you know what? Tonight, there is not one of us that can see the heart of an individual. You don't know. Is this stony ground, wayside ground, thorns ground, or good ground? You don't know that. You can't tell. The job of the sower is to sow, to give the seed out, 
to throw that seed. And so here in the parable, the sower goes forth to sow and he scatters the seed. It hits the ground. Different things happen. We're not actually going to deal so much with those tonight. Different thing happens in different grounds. But the reality is there was some that hit good ground and the good ground brought forth and that seed lasted. But I want you to understand, the sower had faith in the power of that seed. He had good seed. He knew that that seed was able to do work. Years ago, when I was younger, my father-in-law, Brother Heath, um, he had a lot of jobs. He pastored a church. He taught at the Bible school. He did most of the maintenance of the Bible school. And when he didn't have anything else to do, he did contracting on the side. And uh, I was pastoring, and I needed money. And so my father-in-law, kind man that he was, let me work for him. And we went down, and we were building an addition onto a house in Somerset, Pennsylvania. I was the young man on the totem pole, and there was a concrete slab that needed broke up. And so I went and he gave me the sledgehammer and I went over to that concrete slab. I was younger then and I was a lot stronger then. And I went over to that concrete slab and I picked up that sledgehammer and I brought it down on that concrete slab and it hit it and that concrete slab shattered into a hundred pieces. What? You don't believe that, brother? No. No, I hit that concrete slab and nothing happened, right? Wrong. If you would have taken and cut that concrete slab and got a microscope, you would have seen that in that first hit, there were microscopic cracks that began in that concrete. I may have had to hit it 10 times before it actually physically became visible that the concrete was breaking up. But the reality was that from the very first time that I struck that concrete, that concrete began to break up. God says in the book of Jeremiah, Is not my word like as a hammer, saith the Lord, that breaketh the rock in pieces. You know, our problem tonight is that oftentimes we want to be number 10. We want to, you know, hit that rock and it's going to break up. But the reality is it takes hit number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten to break that concrete up. You know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2? It says one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. Now I love to be the one that's there when God gives the increase. But you know what? Somebody's got to plant. Somebody's got to sow that seed. Somebody's got to water that seed there before there will ever be an increase and there's ever a harvest. The job that you and I have is to be the sower, to give out the Word of God, to talk to people, to tell people. You ever been in Walmart and God spoke to your heart 
and said, talk to that woman. And you said, oh God, I don't have time to do that. Really? Really? Now wait a minute. Think about this for just a minute. The God of the universe, who knows everything about your life, knows your schedule, asked you to do something you don't have time to do. Really? Hmm. I doubt it. You know what it might be? It might be that you looked at that girl that God said witness to. And she had studs all the way around. She had a big old hole that she had a big old ball in there. She had them across here, some studs. She had her tongue pierced, a nose ring. And you looked at her and you said, she doesn't want the gospel. How do you know? How do you know? Can you see the soil? Can you see the heart? Do you know tonight why she looks like she looks? Because she's searching. Something's missing in her heart and life. And so she's giving herself to all kinds of things. Searching, looking, wanting. And God says, speak to her. I'm preaching to you tonight on indiscriminate sowing. We are called to be sowers of the word of God. We are called to give out his word and to share it and to tell it. We are not called to be soil inspectors. We are simply called to share his word and tell other people why. Because we can't tell the effect that it will have. Okay, so you, somebody says, well, Brother Pettit, I've talked to people. And you know what? Nothing happened. How do you know? How do you know? You spoke to that girl at Walmart and you didn't see her again at Walmart because her grandma down in Florida had a heart attack. And she moved down to Florida to help her grandma and she was working in Walmart down there. And four years after you witnessed her, one day she got to the bottom. And she remembered those words that you spoke to her about how God loved her. And she sought God and she got saved. You're probably never going to know it up here in London, Kentucky. But in eternity, in heaven, you'll know that you showed the seeds. You put something in there that helped her. I want you to know tonight, we don't know the effect of the things that we are doing for God. What it has on people's lives. We go to the Philippines and, and sometimes we sow and it looks like nothing happens. But you just keep sowing. I was on a bus one night, one day, and there was an old man on the bus. He came and sat down next to me. And um, there was a bunch of college students. I was actually riding back to our place uh, on the bus, and there was a bunch of college students on there. And that old man got to talking to me. He said, oh, what are you, you're from, where are you from? I said, America. He said, oh, do you have yourself a Filipino wife? Of course, that's what everybody thinks, you know. In the Philippines, I said, no, sir. I said, my wife's as American as I am. He said, what are you doing in the Philippines? I told him I started witnessing to him and started talking to him. He was near deaf. And if I talked just in a normal tone of voice, he'd say, huh, what'd you say? 
And so I had to almost, I had my voice raised there. I you know, thought I had a microphone talking on that bus. And you know what? Was, he was asking me all kinds of questions, and I was witnessing to him. And you know what? I had ears perked up all over that bus. I was sowing seed. What effects have I don't know? I sow. One plants another waters. God gives the increase. Years ago, I was in my home church, and after church service, I was I'd been there preaching, and um, I was gathering up my Bible and my notes and going over to the pastor's house after Sunday morning to have dinner with him, and there was a tall black man that came walking down the aisle. I really thought when he came down, he was going out the side door because in my home church, everybody goes out the side door because that's where the parking lot is. Nobody uses the front door, hardly. And, um, but he got down to the pulpit, and he stopped. And he reached out, and I reached out and shook his hand. And he said to me, he said, your name is Mike Pettit, right? I said, yes, sir, it is. He said, Years ago, you had a bus route on the south side, right? I said, yes, sir, I did. He said, do you remember a little boy that you used to pick up on your bus named Aubrey Plummer? Brother Jarvis, I was on good behavior that day. I said, yes, sir. I do. I wanted to say, how in the world could I forget Aubrey Plummer? You see, we started picking him up when he was about three years old on the bus, and Aubrey Plummer was a demon. I mean, he was a devil. I mean, he, that little boy, he could, I mean, he would pick a fight. It didn't matter who you were. I mean, there were big kids on the bus, and he'd pick a fight with them. I mean, he's three years old, and he'd try to hit him and try to get him to fight with him. And I don't mean just play fight. I mean the real deal. And so we'd have Aubrey, the way we controlled Aubrey was we would put Aubrey on one of the bus workers. My sister worked some, and, and Sister Wendy Cook, who was Wendy Osborne then, worked on the bus sometimes. And, and uh, he would sit on their lap, one of their laps, if they were riding with me. And usually they could control him, except for the Sunday that he bit one of them. And that tall black man said to me, do you remember Aubrey Plummer? I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, I'm Aubrey Plummer. He said, I'm saved. I come to church here every Sunday. He pointed back to the back, and almost, I think, maybe second or third from the back pew, there was an older black man, an older black woman, he said, you see those two people? I said, yes, sir. He said, that's my mom and dad. They're saved. They come to church every Sunday. You know what? If I would have ever picked wayside soil, Aubrey Plummer was wayside soil. But God, God has power. And God can work in lives and do what you and I cannot do. I had a friend. His name was Cliff Zimdahl. 
If you knew Cliff before Cliff was saved, Cliff was a pretty rough character. If you would try to witness to Cliff, Cliff would tell you what to do with your gospel. He didn't want to hear it. And he would use choice words. One day, Cliff went into the men's restroom at Corn and Glassworks where he worked. And Cliff, on the back of the commode, was a gospel track. Cliff picked up that track, you'd have thought, and tore it up. But no, Cliff picked up that gospel track and stuck it in his pocket. When Cliff got home that night, Cliff took out that gospel track and began to read it. When he got done, Cliff prayed and got saved. For years, Cliff Zimdahl drove the Corning bus route. He'd pick up kids in Corning, New York and drive them to our church in Elmira, all because somebody sowed the seed of a little track. I didn't notice, and I don't, do you have a track rack here? No. I notice in some of our churches there's track racks, and brother, I've been tempted to go to the track rack and take one out, put a little X on the back and stick it back in the track rack and see if in four years that track's still there. Because I fear in a lot, some of our churches, they're just decorations. We need to sow the seed. We need to give out the word of God. There are people that are lost that don't know. Did you ever see, you ever drive down the road and see those signs, Jesus saves, repent? You probably thought like I did. Really. I mean, what effect is that? Thursday night, I was with a pastor. His name is Brother Glenn Lucas. Brother Glenn Lucas got saved, got under conviction, and eventually got saved because driving down the road, he would see those signs. Repent! Jesus saves! And they put him under conviction. And eventually, he got saved. And you know what? He pastors now the church where the man that put those signs up is. God works. We don't know how. But when God says so, what do you do? Sow the seed. Give out the word of God. Sow it. Why? Because it will have an effect. It will reach somebody. It will touch somebody. It will not. Jesus, God said my word will not return void. It's going to have an effect. When I was a young boy, we used to have a garden. I am... Um, my wife hates gardening. I, I don't know if I loved it when I was a little kid. But as I grew, I began to love gardening. Actually, I took over the garden we had in our backyard at the house. We planted a lot down at my grandfather's house, uh, down in the riverbed. And um, we would plant green beans. And my dad, before we would always plant the green beans, my dad, we would take those green beans, we'd get a bucket, we put a bunch of water, put water in that bucket, and we'd soak those green bean seeds overnight. And the next morning, we'd plant, next day, we'd plant them. But now my dad said it was like jump-starting the green beans. You know, that water would just get those seeds started, and then they'd be in the ground. They'd already be 
little bit more ready to go than before they were. And I don't know. I never did an experiment to see if that worked. But you know what the Bible says? He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know what? In addition to just simply sowing the seed, put a little water, a little prayer with that seed before you sow it. God, take this track. God, you know, I don't know. I think I believe at convention, wasn't it? At the missions convention this year, there was a gentleman here from India that his father got saved in India from a track somebody gave him. And he became a holiness Pentecostal preacher. His son was here during missions convention and he was a holiness Pentecostal preacher. Why? Because somebody gave a track. Somebody sowed the seed. I want you to know tonight there are people in this area that do not know, that do not have the hope that you and I have and they need somebody to sow the seed, somebody to tell them before it's eternally too late. Years ago, I mentioned to you I drove had church bus route. I had one and then after when I came back from Bible school they gave me the keys and I had another one. But while I was, before I went to Bible school, we had a church bus route and it went through Southside. If you've ever driven a church bus, you know that you always do the same route every week. We went to the first stop on the route and the kids got in the bus and they said, Jimmy and his sister aren't coming to Sunday school. And I said, oh, did the, are they away? They said, no, they won't be coming anymore. I said, really? What's wrong? They said, last night, their house burned down. And Jimmy and his sister died in the fire. The mom and dad and the baby got out, but the two other children didn't get out. That was second stop on the bus route. We came to the second stop, and sure enough, the house was gutted, and you could tell there had been a bad fire there. When I got back to the church, uh, Sister Helen Weaver, that was her class, and I thought, well, I need to go tell her. She was the second grade teacher. I need to go tell her that Jimmy died in the fire because, you know, she'd wonder where he was and why. And So I went and talked to the one worker in the Sunday school class, and I said, can I talk to Sister Weaver? And she said, sure, I'll get her and I'll take over for now. Sister Weaver came to the door and I said, Sister Weaver, um, Jimmy won't be coming to Sunday school anymore. She said, oh, did he move? I said, no, Sister Weaver. Uh, last night there was a fire at Jimmy's house and Jimmy died in the fire. And she said, praise the Lord. And that was kind of a strange reaction until I listened to what she said. She said, Brother Mike, she's the last Sunday morning. When we got done with the Sunday school class. I asked if there was anybody that wanted to pray and give their heart to Jesus Christ. And Jimmy raised his hand. 
And Jimmy prayed. You never know. God says, speak to that girl. You don't know if tomorrow she'll be there. She may move, or you may hear, read in the newspaper, she died in a car wreck. Our job is to sow the seed, to tell others. There are people that are around you that need to hear. You know what the problem is? Too often times we get so busy. We're like the horse with blinders. We don't see them. They're there. But we're just running through life. And we fail to see those that are in there that are in need. God help us tonight that we'll sow the seed before it's eternally too late. Would you stand with us tonight and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word and the truth of your word. And Lord, right now I'd ask you that you would do what I cannot do. God, deal with hearts and lives. Lord, you see the souls in this community that hang in the balance. And there are lives in this congregation that can make the difference in someone's life between heaven and hell. Oh God, oh God, don't, don't let us fail to do what you want us to do. Don't let us fail to sow the seed. But Lord, help us, oh God, to give out the seed before it's eternally too late.